Welcome back to Immortal X, friends. The fall is here. <laughs> the fall the fall is here in such a big way, Riley, that I I don't know. We were prepared for a big fall. Was this did we fall further than you thought we would fall? We fell, man. <laughs> we fell. We fell. Uh welcome to our last podcast. We had to compose <laughs> ourselves before we started because we were all like weepy downstairs with like tissues and stuff uh so we are here usually we get to celebrate a crazy hellfire gala issue um this one was no exception this year uh but the craziness has been brought up to a different level it's so much so that my dog is even barking willow come here come here willow's on the podcast. upset because of all the things that happen in this like 80 page book uh this is a big book yeah um, this is a meaty guy Welcome, welcome to Hellfire Gala Day. Last year was one of my favorite days because that year's Hellfire Gala teased um, Avengers X-Men Eternals Judgment Day. Yeah, it um, did. Led and, right into it. And that was a big deal. That was when the re I remember us, uh, we sat with our mouths agape as the resurrection protocols were announced to the world. Mm -hmm. As we realized that the Eternals were going to essentially like nuke Krakoa. Yeah. Um, and Sinister was abducted. Like those were the big things. And evil Moira robot um, <laughs> came and infiltrated as it was Mary Jane. Um, I'll be wearing ye. I'll be wearing ye. Um, <laughs> robot Moira is back and she brought some friends to this year's a couple this just a couple a she couple, a of, couple her of friends, friends. um riley and i were talking downstairs of how we wanted to recap this book this giant 80 page book and we realized that if we tried to do that one we would sound absolutely insane there's no way that we could do it in a coherent manner. no and especially if you're if you are listening to this i hope you've read it and if you are um somebody's just like yeah i like listening to these guys talk uh all right, glad yeah. you're here. Uh, we're going to try to do our best to fill you in on what's going on and what is starting this new era of X called the Fall of X. So let's jump right into it. Um, written by Jerry Duggan and art by... Everybody. Art by everyone who has been writing an X-Men title. Adam Kubert, Matteo Lolly, Russell Dodderman, Javier Pina, R.B. Silva, Joshua Gassara, Chris Anka, and Pepe Larraz. Rain Burrito, C.C. De La Cruz, Matthew Wilson, uh, Eric Arsiniga, and Marte Gracia, Phil Noto, Jorge Perez, Edgar Delgado, Francesca Mana, Flavio Dispenza, Marshall Ahmed, Lucas Wernick, J. Scott Campbell, Sabine Rich, Gustavo Duarte, uh, with a God's Interlude, as I now see that it's called, and I'm really glad I did not read that earlier, with writers Jonathan Hickman and Jerry Duggan, and Valerio Shidi. Um, holy cow. Yeah. This issue was a lot. We open like any other Hellfire Gala, except this is probably where most um if you are if you are a casual listener, you might be here because of our MCU hot takes, you might be here because you know us, but you've probably heard that Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, recently uh died in the pages of Spider Man. And then was recently, there was a funeral service held for her in her one-shot death of a champion or something like that. But because Marvel can't let sleeping heroes lie, they already announced that Miss Marvel will be coming back in a new mutant mini. That's right. Miss Marvel has been resurrected as a mutant. And so this opens up with that. Yeah. Um, and apparently the X-Men have known for a while that Kamala's been a mutant and they just haven't said anything and she's a rare case where she is both an inhuman and a mutant which i'm really glad i think one of the biggest nerves that i have had and other people have had with all of this and i heard the term tossed around was it was called mcu washing the character uh, which really made me laugh but i'm liking how she's she's a hybrid where yeah. they're getting to acknowledge her comic past and if you want her to be this you get to um, but that's kind of handled in the first few pages. Yeah, and get it right out of the way, get it out in the open, boom. Kamala's back. People know she's obviously buddy buddies with uh, Cyclops from Cyclops's time traveling teen days, um, and she's nervous about being a mutant. Um, Emma Frost, lovely Emma, has already pinned it as a brilliant political move to announce mm -hmm. like beloved hero Kamala Khan as a new mutant. Um, and it looked like that's where things were going for a while. Yeah. 
we were wondering so you know in past hellfire galas there's always a purpose for these things it's not just to have an extravagant party um although emma frost i'm sure would love to just do that for the fun of it mm -hmm. but um there's usually some sort of pr standpoint or angle that they're going for um year one was to show the world what they can do and terraform mars into planet Araco. uh year two they had the you know scott summers revealing the resurrection, uh, the resurrection protocol. protocols um and so we were wondering to ourselves like what is this hellfire gala going to be because obviously you know in universe these characters don't know something horrible is about to happen yeah. so um what is the goal and angle of this gala going to be and so one you have kamala khan being revealed as a mutant and an inhuman kind of showing like a bridge between two peoples which is cool um, but then you're also going to get a reveal that Forge was going to be providing human cities with like Krakoan technology, kind of push human cities into like this new future, um, which was a really cool idea really that cool had kind idea. of been pushed in Duggan's X-Men run yeah. several issues back. He had been working on this stuff. Um, so it's clear again that mutants were going to be offering gifts to humans. And it's been a rough year for mutants, right. honestly, since last year's... Um, Judgment Day, where Orcus took um, the credit for destroying the Celestial, for saving humanity. And, and we get the nice panel at the end of it of like a kid walking <laughs> the down Nimrod the street. Nimrod balloon? With a, yeah. yeah. Uh, that should be a poster that we yeah. can hang up right here. Mm -hmm. But um, but since then, uh, there, there's been a big smear campaign. Um, there's been a lot of talk. Obviously, the news of what happened with the mutants with sins of sinister has been released to the public. Mm -hmm. So the public knows about this alternate future um, where things went really bad. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's not a lot of goodwill towards mutants right now. Mm -hmm. um, the seeds have been set in all of the books of a few big problems. We've known that some of the X-Men were infected. We, with, we yeah. didn't know what we knew that there was something there's been something big we haven't had we should have an x-men red debrief at some point yeah but there's been a big um post ten of swords kind of reckoning for planet Araco. Mm -hmm. um but there's also just been some other casual things where members of orcus have been meeting with other x-men villains and they're the bat the baddies have been teaming up yeah um with with what seems to be big plans for what's to come and we really we really get to see all of those plans come to a dangerous dangerous fruition yeah um for me before we get back into yeah. the recap of what happens here i think what is effective is that in real time we have heard the title fall of x for three to five months now something like before the fall issue started to get solicited months ago so we kind of had an idea that this sort of thing was coming we right? were i remember when the images first got leaked you and i were like texting each other like yeah. is this real is this real yeah these titles seem fake we couldn't figure it out like yeah. it definitely seemed like it could have been made on photoshop mm -hmm. by somebody out there just trying to throw throw things off um i think the thing that made this most effective is that we knew that horrible things are going to happen in this yeah. issue right the job then of the writing team and the and the artists is that we know that something horrible is going to come. So can you still make it feel effective and right? shocking and surprising? And also still like, I think another thing that you and I have talked about and we posted about it the other day is like, we also didn't want it to feel like this era was ending. Yeah. We wanted this to like, I want, we wanted fall of X to still be a continuation of the story. Yeah. And not a hard reset. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I am, there are so many amazing stories out there that involve the mansion in Westchester, mm -hmm. that involve the danger room, you know, and all of that stuff. And that's great. Yeah. You know, there's so, so many great stories. And I'm sure there's a place for more amazing ones in the future. But this whole era being so bold and different from everything that already exists. Yeah. Like, please don't end it already. No, you we, know? we want more of it. Yeah. So Fall of X being, you know... uh not the beginning of the end is kind of what we're both hoping and dreaming that it will be you know if this is a really hard year for the x-men uh, cool. cool that's awesome and it makes for a bunch of exciting stories but i don't think that we're looking for this era to end you know we're not looking for a reset a brand new team um to start over you know like we we're really loving the direction that these x books have been going in so i I feel like, and before we get into like what happened, where we think it's going, to me, 
you and I have talked about how even though we are we've still been really loving in particular what's been going on with Gillen and Immortal mm-hmm. and Ewing on Red and then you know it's it's consistent but we don't talk about it as much what Duggan's done with with X-Men yeah today this reminded me of how much meat is still on the bone sure of of this whole era in yeah. a way where it feels like ah oh, what are we doing or we're going in circles or like like sins of sinister didn't like land quite where we wanted it to or it didn't push like it pushed things forward but where's it going mm-hmm. any ounce of like the story spinning their wheels yeah which the the brood the long brood arc mm-hmm. for duggan's kind of felt that way like sure. is this what we're in for now just kind I mean, of like fair. typical typical x-men stories of the past mm-hmm. to me this this was a shock to the system yeah to show that there's still a lot of fight in these books and that there is still a lot that this creative team and creative movement can continue to be i think so um yeah. while and, still shaking things up you know something that we've talked about as you know um i wasn't reading anything month to month the way that you were but dawn of x was really special because every one of those books felt very connected to the others that it was like different body parts of the same person kind Mm -hmm. of thing you know just like they were all very connected it was clear that the the writers were all talking to each other and were you know feeding each other seeds and yeah. running with what they each other were doing with their own books um and as time's gone by things have felt like they're spreading out a little farther which isn't a bad thing at no. all but it definitely doesn't feel as cohesive as a as a unit that it did in those first like year or two uh, of of x books so what was really fun for me as we re- read through this giant issue is how many callbacks there were to certain things that have happened in the last five years yeah. of these um, different villains that are kind of popped in um, different story arcs that have kind of become important again that the writing team and Duggan especially the lead on this book was able to pull from a lot of different things from the whole you know last five years of the Krakoan age which was really cool because it's not felt quite so cohesive recently it, it really hasn't and i feel like so obviously i've been reading comics monthly a little longer than you mm-hmm. and so i've seen a lot of these different initiatives like come and go like i just remember right after um avx happened avengers versus x-men happened there was marvel now mm-hmm. and that was a place where all of a sudden all of these comics felt connected again yeah the way captain america was drawn in one was how he would appear in an x-men comic the sure. way that the storylines all seemed to be going and that's when you had events like original sin and then obviously it all led to secret wars and it's like that was a cool time but all of those books when they start that way they're all going on the same way but also part of what you want to let your writers do and your artists do is take their stories to their own natural conclusions Mm -hmm. and i feel like especially with with you have books like new mutants and x-force and wolverine and even like betsy braddock captain britain like they're still in the world but they are so tangential now that it doesn't feel like it's playing in the same space versus what you were talking about yeah but something like this is such a hard not even a reset but it's like there's a new focal point for mm-hmm. everything now to like react to. Like you you can't ignore this. You can't right. ignore this and this. You can't ignore this in your Avengers books. Like mm-hmm. like everything now has to circle these big things. DC often has that problem too <clears throat> where it's like they will have a new big event like their new 52 mm-hmm. or Rebirth and everything starts consistent and then people fall off as it gets bigger. And I feel like you and I were starting to get to that point yeah. with X-Men where it's like, okay, like, is this connected is this one story like apparently a few of these writers are still talking and to me this made it feel like okay we're on the same page we're going forward yeah and that's great i really like the what you said about there being a new focal point because you know not not a commentary because i can't i can't speak to um the the fun or quality of ben percy's recent books i haven't been reading those for the last year but something that you and i have talked about a lot is that ben percy's books feel like they're kind of off in their own world Mm -hmm. and that they're you want to read ben percy stuff on their own and you can totally do that or you can ignore them entirely right um and that's 
that's okay, I suppose, but it, it loses a little bit of the magic that the X office created at the very beginning, did, I would yeah. think. Um, so it's exciting that there is this new mm-hmm. focal point and that X force or whatever it is can have this as like a whatever whatever mutants are being focused on in this book can be reacting to the events of the gala. And I'm curious about this and obviously I've been I've been traveling for the past month, so I have I have not I'm doing something that I almost never do, which is read today's issue before reading my backlog. Right. Um, but I felt like, okay, I think I read enough of the the red issues to know what's going on. But yeah. I do know that like Percy just basically ended his arc with Wolverine and his arc with X Force. And like that Rogan Gambit mini just ended. Mm-hmm. Um, Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain just ended. Like all of these things. Obviously, Duggan's ended here. Immortal X Men has kind of ended an arc. Like yeah. the Araco, like everything kind of felt like in a way that it hasn't for a long time. Up, like probably like Inferno, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, cool, we're all on the same page again. Like right. everyone hit their benchmark submission on the same date, which, sure. which feels good being back to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is an exciting issue, but also exciting for the implications of what it, it could is. be next, which is cool. So exciting. Yeah. Um so on that excitement, let's let's kind of dive in a little bit. So yeah. galas, people show up, they're in fancy costumes, heroes are there, um, X Men are there, human ambassadors are there from all over. Riley and I talked right before we started reading, like which uh which famous humans do we think are going to show up? Mm-hmm. And there weren't any there wasn't time and there wasn't time and also spoiler spoiler alert obviously for everything that happens in the hellfire gala and just current x-men comics um all humans that are in attendance of this event end up dying yeah so i don't think they wanted to kill off any celebrities yeah right is like what i started realizing when i'm like there was one page early on where I'm like, oh, is this someone I'm supposed to know? There was a woman that like, yeah, looked like right in the, right in the corner. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'll look it up later. And I'm like, I don't think that was someone real. No, probably not. Um, but the X-Men are starting their event. Although and... that would be a really fun conversation. You know, you're yeah. a celebrity. You're just chilling. You know, you get a call on the phone like, hey, hey do you want to be an do X-Men? Do you mind if yeah. I kill you in an <laughs> X-Men book? You know? I would say yeah. Yeah, I would. I would say yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. It'd be like, wait, how are you going to do it though? You know, yeah. like, you know, I don't know. I'm sure that there's a... How would you not want to die at this gala? There's a lot of deaths. Uh, spoiler alert for X deaths. Hmm. maybe like fall asleep in a bathtub or something yeah. like you know just I, at I the know. gala like yeah. you had too much to drink at the yeah. green lagoon accidentally yeah. sat on by blob um you know, i i i think getting killed in what i think was the most magnificent death page that we've seen in an x book in the wild um of nimrod flying down and crashing would be a pretty good way to go in a comic yeah getting squished just getting squished by yeah. nimrod yeah um, Only if there's a nice splat on a next to you, and it's like yeah. you're kind of like part of your arms off. Sure, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Um. So the X Men are celebrating. They're they're saying that they're going to announce all the things that Riley talked about about to announce the new X Men team. And all of a sudden, an alarm goes off at the the Treehouse, which is the X Men base of operations in New York. And Cyclops has a quick moment with Jean of like, I'm gonna go check, like let them know if if I'm not back in time. And then he goes, and during Free Comic Book Day, we saw that someone steals the Captain Krakoa outfit mm-hmm. and knocks Scott out of the treehouse and then goes and blows up, like, Congress or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, so in Marvel building. Comics, on this same night, like, Congress was just bombed. Yeah. Um, there's By a lot... somebody who's still unknown to us. Like, that was not That's, something answered in this issue. Covered. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that happens off panel in this. And I think stuff that will be revisited in like other issues connecting in. But yeah, so Cyclops is off the board already. Um, and then we get into the announcement of the, the new X-Men. But before that happens, we have a few uh, fun cameos. It kind of catches us up on where people are in the different books. We get to see some favorites and we see a page. We see a page. And Riley, do you want to talk about the special interlude that we have yeah so we were lucky that we didn't uh we didn't end up looking too very closely at the um what do you call this page like the, the credits the credit yeah page i'm very the, glad we did not yeah because there is a god's interlude that is written <laughs> by jonathan hickman and jerry duggan in tandem uh and for just a page where we get to see uh, a couple of new characters that are going to be introduced this fall mm-hmm. when uh jonathan hickman launches his new series gods 
which is our most yeah. anticipated of the year. We're stoked for that. So We've been stoked for it for months. Um, so it was fun to see them show up here um, at Hickman's last baby mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and get have... to meet these characters and see them kind of make a few sly remarks. To magic, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very fun little thing. And then on the credits page, it says God's Interlude, which I'm glad we missed earlier. That would have given something really fun away. This this whole thing was such a fun bait and switch um, because obviously we knew something bad was going to happen. But you still get all of the classic um, gala shenanigans. And it really sets it up to seem like, oh, is this Miss Marvel's story? Mm-hmm. Is this Miss Marvel's coming out story? Like. She has a tender moment where Rasputin basically tells her, like, you're my hero from Mm -hmm. the future, Um, even though she's not quite ready to commit yet. We get the gods interlude. Uh, We get a cool moment of uh, Sam Wilson talking to uh, Frenzy and Prodigy. Um, We see that Kingpin, you know, is is who claimed uh, uh, hospitality on Krakoa Mm -hmm. because he was married to uh, to a mutant is there. and then we get a quick moment where the Avengers also respond to the blowing up of Congress. Yeah. Um, and Rogue leaves with Taking them as the well. Taking the Avengers off the table, Taking the baby. Avengers off the table. Uh, and then we get to the moment that all galas are built around, which is announcing the new team. And we see the new team. And Riley, how did you feel when you first saw this page of the new team? Were you excited about an X-Men roster featuring um, Talon and Sync, some of our faves? Uh, but leading this team of Prodigy, Cannonball, Frenzy, Dazzler, Jubilee, and the Juggernaut. Yeah. Um, so the way that I think about this is is um, it, it's no secret that Cody and I have enjoyed Jerry Duggan's X-Men run in a way that there have been some people that haven't enjoyed yeah. it as much. Um, I know that some criticism has been deflected as like uh, each issue is centered around a a character or two and it's not the greatest team book when that's what you would expect an x-men book to be um but we've been enjoying the hell out of it a man lot. yeah um the first year especially we really love those 12 issues a lot those 12 um, issues are, are very special uh, yeah man. that this is feels like it knows it too yeah, yeah yeah and you know the second uh i think about the first year being just very special mm-hmm. and fun like saturday morning cartoon kind of thing yeah uh, and there being such a place for that in that current moment of Xbooks. The second year, I think of it a lot as laying seeds, uh, and the seeds have kind of begun to take the root in this issue. Root. And the second year also had to do a lot of um, connective tissue work. Like yeah. it, it was, it was. It felt like one of the first times that the line had to experiment with being a, an, a Judgment Day tie-in. Sure. Or to be this Captain Marvel crossover, like stuff yeah. that it hadn't really done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it was kind of a bit. Uh, it was a what was it? Um, not Demon Days, Dark Day, Dark Web, a Dark Web. Like it had to do a lot of different things. Yeah. And it just had the through line of our consistent characters. But yeah, it was right. a different book. Yeah. So when I saw this new potential roster for an X team, you know, I I n- not. I have faith that Jerry Duggan could write something awesome with this particular team. However, um, you know, I just think to myself, am I excited about the prospect of a year's worth of X books or X Men issues with this particular team? And for me, this this lineup of characters is just not not a lineup that I'm particularly excited about. You know, I yeah. mean, of course, over time, they've won me over on characters that I wasn't familiar with before. Yeah. Like before I started reading these X books in these last few years, I had no idea who Sync was. Yeah. And now I'm a huge fan. I, th- oh, I think yeah. he's a great character. So I think you could win me over. But right now I'm like, uh, all right, well, 12 issues with these characters. I don't know. Like, I'll just borrow Cody's issues, you know. <laughs> so uh, and you would. Um and then you flip the page and they have a wonderful splash page of these characters and there have been there was a page that looked like this in the first hellfire gala Mm -hmm. and the last of hickman's issues um and then there was a page that looked like this in last year's gala showing the new team and so this has become a staple of these books in a very all done by russell dodderman all three i think i think you might be right definitely last year's and then you turn the page and uh nimrod literally comes in from space and obliterates 
every single one of the new team um with the exception of of juggernaut and they are it is a bloody page honestly it looks like something out of invincible yeah it does um like, yo he lands right on frenzy's head like right Her on head frenzy. Blows Her head up. is gone dazzler's body is ripped in two um cannonball cannonball's body is ripped in two also sink and talon get out of the way prodigies you can see prodigy's bones yeah and jubilee is smashed new x-men team is decided um <clears throat> can we... i go ahead can i meta commentary this for a minute sure so something that really stood out to me and gene talks about it a little bit when she's talking about how scott and i have been doing this since we were young we've been leading this team that's why we left but we learned a lot from sync and talon mm-hmm. okay this whole roster right here is all second, third, fourth, fifth generation X-Men, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Yeah. And which has been a book that a lot of people have been asking for. And there's always the arguments of like, it's in the same vein of like, um, uh, Spider-Man can never grow up. Yeah. Um, and I know when, I don't know if you read this or not, New Mutants, right before they kind of switched hands and it was on, um, what was their name? the arc that we really liked but basically they got to do the 100th issue of new mutants or something it was there it was an anniversary special but they had letters from different creators and hickman was one of the ones because he wrote it when he first started the x line yeah um he was talking about how these are the teens that were never allowed to grow up Mm -hmm. and so like you have magic who has risen to such prominence and we talked about her a lot during our ultimate invasion today as well but like even in this, finally given the spotlight, finally given an X-Men team page, the new generation is literally bombed by Nimrod a page later. Yeah. Um, which, <laughs> it ends with our girl, not our girl, not the biggest fans, but Jubilee, yeah. mouthing off to Nimrod and then getting punched in the face. And it's a brutal page. It, it is, is a brutal page filled of a lot of like... Um, a team, B team, C team fan favorites. Mm-hmm. Like even you and I, like Cannonball's been an Avenger. Yeah. He's he's a he's a great part of the Hick Avengers run. I I really enjoyed Prodigy in um, X Factor and in the Gillen's New Avengers. Like all of these people have had different roles, and it's it's a rough go. Yeah, I like Dodderman getting some like some brutal pages yeah when he's usually assigned the like really gorgeous like colorful stuff <laughs> you know here's so all true. of these amazing gala designs yeah and he gets to also draw smash them you know he yeah. gets to <laughs> draw jubilee getting squished do you think anyone will ever trust the um vote for the next x-men again uh that's a great question i i kind of feel like this just said don't vote for the new X-Men because they might get smashed by Nimrod. Right, yeah. Now um, it's like a jinxing thing. Like yeah. You can't, don't put me on the X-Men team or something horrible will happen to me. And it also just makes it really funny now that these were the ones that they all positioned because they are all fan favorites in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, it's kind of, it's a troll move but in the best way possible. Yeah, I kind of, um, I find it very amusing versus like frustrating. It's great. Um, so after this part happens though, um, Things are pretty much off to the races, and we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, Orcus has a full-on infiltration. Yeah. Um, they try to evacuate with magic, and it's revealed that she's already been infected mm-hmm. with like nanotechnology, and her portals are not working. Yeah. Um, and then from here, things just go south. Iceman is melted and mm-hmm. like evaporated by Nimrod. Um. Again, it's. As, as you read through something like this issue, you know something horrible is going to happen. Like, they've been, you know, advertising this issue as been like the fall of X begins here. Yeah. You know? And so all along, we've known that this is going to happen, right? Yes. But as you go through and page by page, it gets worse and worse because you see how complete Orcus's plan is. I think it's just so effective that it's not just like, we're going to attack your party no, and ruin it for yeah. you. Like, that this is... Orcus at their most strategized, at their most planned out. I, I'm going to shout him out again, and this this is his this is his baby. But I really do want to say that Duggan has done such a good job the past two years because basically, 
each Hellfire Gala has gotten to be a season finale mm-hmm. of his story. And right now I'm even looking like the characters that we just see getting taken off the board. Like there's there's a lot going on. And there's a lot of characters that he doesn't always play with, but this is really this is a this is a giant size X-Men issue. Yeah. Like Sink and Talon get featured, right? Mm-hmm. Um we get to see what happens with their story. Magic is taken off the board. She's been part of the team. Iceman, another part like like he is doing all of his character service like if he was a writer for a TV show. Like sure. even with all of these different cameos, like it's still centered around the main X-Men team. Yeah. Like even with Scott and Jean at the center and Duggan has never stopped writing Emma even if she's not part of his book. Mm-hmm. And so Emma and Kate get to be a part of it too. And right. so like I just I just want to throw that out there cuz I think that's really sticking with me right now of like yeah looking back through these pages with you i'm like oh man like no this is really like this is also his farewell to this era of x-men for him too and to speak like even beyond some of the things that you're mentioning now like iceman being an example that comes to mind like duggan was writing iceman in marauders yeah and we saw iceman begin to like really be empowered with his own like abilities his own omega status yeah yeah. kind of really pushing himself into that role that he realizes he has and then that empowerment goes into planet size X- x-men oh, where totally. he terraforms yeah. the planet like this has kind of been a really huge through line for doug it's been a big era for him and then he just gets melted in front of uh romeo did you know who romeo was no so romeo is or this is a this is a funny callback but when the original five X-Men are brought to the present. Mm-hmm. That is when Iceman, the past version, comes out as gay. Mm-hmm. Um, present day Bobby doesn't really until past Iceman is sent back. And now their timelines kind of combine together. Okay. But teen Iceman is dating uh, an inhuman boy named Romeo. And during that whole run when they're here. So mm-hmm. now it looks like romeo and iceman have now rekindled mm. in present day so that was kind of a random per character that i never thought i'd see again yeah really cheesy because romeo was an inhuman and iceman was obviously an x-men during the inhumans versus x-men arc right so whatever but um <laughs> they fight back gene tosses juggernaut juggernaut and nimrod battle for a while stasis and omega sentinel show up through the gates which they reveal that they've hacked and modok shows thank you to the x office for remembering that omega sentinel exists i know i really appreciate that she's a big fan favorite of us and so i'm just really glad to see that she's here um they basically back xavier into a corner and they reveal that stasis has infected all of the krakoan medicines Mm -hmm. um and through that which we see him doing in last year's gala issue yes um, so while that's going on, they also reveal that Modok, who they recruited uh, during kind of those villain of the week Saturday morning cartoon issues, mm-hmm. um, has a way to make the Corcoan medicine tear people apart. And it made me remember, like, that's what he was doing on that cruise ship. Right. Like, so that I, yep. I just thought of that right now. Yep. Like, that was a callback to him. Another Duggan. Duggan. Idea. Good job, man. Like, yeah. really, You're really impressed it. with this. Yeah. Um, so they kind of go Kingsman and start attacking each other mm-hmm. um, through the MODOK control of the medicine. And they say that we can do this all over the world. If you do not, Xavier, you need to make the mutants walk through the portals right mm-hmm. now to never come back. And if you do, we will start killing humans to the what, Riley? To they start with one and then 10, then 100. And I assume that you know the powers of 10. Fun little callback. Yeah, what a Fun. great line. <laughs> what a great murderous line. Um, the Stark Sentinels attack. Things are just going poorly. People are dying, and there there's a giant death toll. Um, I kind of want to go back through at some point, not today, but like with like a whiteboard and, and just like try and figure out who's dead and who is. We'll talk in a minute. Scattered to the wind, because mm-hmm. uh, I think we're gonna have people all over. Um, but Jean Grey, MVP Jean Grey, tries mm-hmm. to hold things together. Um, is fighting back, is freezing everything until sneaky assassin in tennis shoes at the gala jumps through and it's Moira McTaggart, Moira X, Moira Robot, 
Riley's favorite, favorite character, um, jumps through and stabs Jean Grey through the throat with yeah. a knife made of Blight's will, which call back to Ten of Swords mm-hmm. and some other work is basically an otherworld poison that negates mutant abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think you read it, but this is what Moira and Orcus were trying to mine um, from and experiment with during uh, Bishop War College. Okay. They were messing with Blight's Will weapons back mm-hmm. then. Um, yeah, man. How did you feel about look at me, Charles, look at what I've done and see what has happened to the one you love the most with Moira versus Jean Grey, Dawn of Justice? I love Dawn the way Moira's Justice. drawn here. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, throughout the whole issue, the art's great. Yeah. I would say, um, man, I just don't love, I don't love the angle that Moira has gone. I just don't. Yes. Yeah. That's just where I'm at. And I, I don't even, I wouldn't even consider that to be a hot take because I yeah. think that a lot of people feel this way. Um, I just, somewhere along the way, Moira got twisted into being like a radically evil, like, it just somewhere along the way she just got twisted around um and i i actually know exactly where that happens but yeah um this isn't any this yeah. isn't a, a an episode to shit on no no um i don't love that she is so evil now like that didn't seem to line up with her character it was always like the greater good wins yeah you know i have to do what is the is going to be for the greater good so you know look at what i've done and see what it has happened to the one you love the most i i feel like i feel like this would have worked better if it was like look what you've all made me do like what look what you've all made me become yeah you know, if we it could understand her that way versus you know now she's just the grinning villain with the knife in her hands you know i feel like so i think i'll say this and i think this is like this is my how I learned to stop worrying and love evil robot Moira. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sins of Sinister started to do this for me. And I think honestly, once Duggan has started to play with her a little bit more, um, she is, she is an evil sadistic Saturday morning cartoon villain. Mm-hmm. Now um, I think what, how she has started to work for me. I, I miss, I'm not saying this to like, think I miss, house powers inferno moira but i feel like to me what she's now warped into and what they've doubled down on is this idea of like she is out for survival Mm -hmm. she is out for herself and she does view the people that tried to take that from her as the ultimate threat yeah um and i just feel like that is that is the only way that it can work now where it's like she gave multiple multiple lifelines to these people that then completely turned their backs on her yeah now she's like what am i gonna do i have no lifelines left i really have nothing to live for like i'm going to ruin everything like there's part of me that understands that cracking and is just enough to be like if that's where it's going to go like cool let's let's see it yeah um i am curious still we still have not really seen this is the first time we're seeing her post um sins of sinister mm-hmm. and apparently some version of that moira learned enough to destroy all of sinister's clones yeah and like have an agenda so i just i, I don't know what's going to happen with her but clearly like they're not done with her yet i also have to believe that everyone working on this and so many other things that duggan does that i like like they've got to know that this moira take is not what everyone is loving yeah like i just feel like that has got to be something so prominent and with something that was so like universally praised mm-hmm. with hawks pox like i just feel like i want to trust and that could be my naivete or hope that they know okay this is maybe not the direction that will get us the longevity yeah i like i don't i i don't think that i hate the the characterization for what it is like it's more of i don't believe that 
she's gotten this far. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't, I don't. There was just a pivot, and there, yeah. she didn't get pushed <clears throat> to the edge and beyond to become what she is now. There was just somewhere along the way, somebody else started to write her yeah. and just kind of just shifted her into a different lane. And yeah, and just, she stayed in that lane. I like, don't believe I think, it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like. For whether or not I disagree, the thing that pops into my head is, you know, whenever my dad and I discuss um, Star Wars stuff, he's like, my single problem with the prequel films is that I just don't believe that Anakin got that far. Yeah. He's like, I don't believe it. You know, it it wasn't enough to push him there, you know. Um, And that's kind of how I feel about this, that, you know... um, post inferno like i just don't think she got pushed far enough to land where she is now you know or we didn't yeah. see enough to get her here i guess i guess what i'm starting to not even argue and not trying to like chill out either but like i guess what i'm starting to feel is like maybe maybe it, i'm sorry i guess i'm trying to say like maybe it was enough like maybe that betrayal by those characters and now like especially kind of after the um there was a cypher xavier conversation that happened recently that wasn't an immortal what was it in i'm trying to remember where basically doug tells xavier like i don't know if i should have given moira that chance like Mm. or i feel like she was cornered I, i i'm truly like i need to go back and find where it was but it was just a moment that i thought was actually like really poignant and really interesting to be like even with that chance like she was even rejected by the actual like land of Krakoa that mm-hmm. she helped to do followed by, I know we don't like to talk about it, but lives and deaths, mm-hmm. but like she was pursued relentlessly, like Jason Bourne style, yeah. like by mystique to the point that she was, she was killed. Like she yeah. was killed by like, it's just one of those things where it's like, as much as that felt like a sharp turn and then she skinned Banshee mm-hmm. and wore his skin. Like, but some of those things I still, so like, what are we doing? But I don't know. I, I also can't believe that I'm on this side of the fence. But it's just, I think I'm seeing now what's going on. It just feels intentional. But it also feels like everything that Moira's doing could have just been done by Omega Sentinel. Yeah. Which is also a thing where I'm like, why are you not using her who is there and letting Moira be something else? But yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a, we need to use Moira for something. Yeah. She's such an important character, but we don't know what to do with her. So we're just going to have her be Omega Sentinel. Be, kind of, be another you know? Omega Sentinel. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, Moira holds a knife. To the, I think what's hard now is like, as we talk about these things and like so much of these things, like we can't talk about them apart from her. Like mm-hmm. before, before Riley, we were able to kind of ignore and be like, ah, oh, like Moira's still just running away post Inferno. Mm-hmm. Now we have to address that, like, she's at the center of all of this again. Right. And, like, it's not just a cameo anymore. It's, like, everything that follows is now Moira's doing. Yeah. And so, like, I that guess... she's one of the Orcus petals now. She is. She said not the whole flower. Yeah. Um. So she holds a knife to Xavier's throat and basically says, you need to tell all of the mutants to stop. Otherwise, Modoc is going to kill every human who's ever used this drug. Mm-hmm. And so he does it, and I love this story, and I'm really liking it the more we talk about it, and I'm very excited for what's to come, and I know we're going to have time to do that, but it's like, I'm so pissed at Xavier for this, mm-hmm. and I think that there's been a lot of really good writing of Xavier being a flawed man the past few months, and this just adds to it. Mm-hmm. This, to me, Xavier is Xavier's selfish and self-righteous, and in this moment, Xavier stops all of the mutants from doing it. He says, so he calls the bluff, or he doesn't call the bluff, and he stops the mutants, and then Moira says, make them walk through these gates. We have wired them away from Earth. Mutants can't step on Earth, and he does that. He psychically forces every mutant to do it, besides those that can resist him. Yeah. We can talk about that in a minute. But, like, to me, this is the same baby man Xavier who tried to bully Storm, to get mm-hmm. Magneto's last words, the one who was, you know, self-conscious and susceptible after the pit mm-hmm. and allowed for the voting in of some of these monsters that are on, you know, the now defunct council. Like, yeah. how do you feel about the state of Charles Xavier right now? Am I am I going too hard? Am I 
Spider no, eggs are real or like yeah. I don't think so. I think it might be it might be a little difficult for some people to swallow that Charles Xavier is not you know um like i i'm a fan of the x movies yeah like i love those movies they're great you know i grew up watching them and everything like that and this is just not patrick stewart's no professor x and so i think this version of xavier could probably piss people off but i think it's great i think it's awesome that like he is not the great like perfect no leader of mutants like he's a very flawed man yeah and his children have to be better than he is and i i love that that he's not just this perfect saint of a dude who's teaching these generations of people to follow him and whatever like i love that he's making mistakes i love that his children have become better than him Mm -hmm. that a scott a gene a storm like in whatever ways they're leading things even like nightcrawler being like the heart of things being the i want to start a religion you know i love that his children are now like passing him up and i think that's great i think what's so frustrating in this moment is he has no idea he has no reason to believe that orcus or moira are telling the truth Mm -hmm. that the mutants will be fine if they walk through these gates right and he chooses to protect a humanity instead right like at the end of the day he's choosing he is choosing human life over mutant life and he makes that decision immediately after like the heart of krakoa is killed in front of everyone yeah everyone like and the a page before this you know the sight of gene struck down detonated a bomb in the children of the atom every mutant launched themselves to war in a righteous fury like they see the heart of everything killed in front of them and then charles immediately chooses humanity over them duggan does a great job of saying like victory would be theirs yeah and then this happens if if almost not for charles xavier charles i think that's what it is is it's like charles xavier is truly the one who caused the fall of x yeah the mutants could have risen up and they could have stopped this yeah and he psychically stops them all because papa thinks he knows best and he sends them to possibly their death. Um, there, so they do a really cool sequence where uh, Jean Grey, once again completing Duggan's like season finale, mm-hmm. Jean Grey tells Firestar to to basically she has a moment that she can implant false memories mm-hmm. in Doctor Stasis um, to make her think that she was a mole, and yeah. so that she can go. And I really feel for her. This is a big moment. So much of her arc. And if I remember correctly, at the last gala, Jean almost forces a spot on the roster on Firestar in order to give her, you know, whatever. It may have been Emma Frost. It was Emma. It was Emma because Emma Emma and Firestar have like a pretty troubled history. Like Mm -hmm. I think Emma killed her horse. Okay. Like at some point, (laughs) like not joking. Like I think that's what happened. Um, But this was a cool year of Firestar becoming proud of her mutant heritage and mm-hmm. being a hero of that too um and so for her to now have to be it's that she's making the dark knight decision mm-hmm. where she's like they're going to hate you they're going to call you names but like you will save us all if you do this mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was a really cool moment um who do i throw under the bus beast beast oh that <laughs> was amazing beast. too yeah beast <laughs> tell everything that he did but also things that he didn't do and they'll still believe you because it's probably true um so Firestar is a moment, and then they have some really cool pages of um, the Red Diamond Protocol, mm-hmm. which we've heard of for a while now, but getting to see what it actually meant, um, which is the word resist and the idea of resist and like that the main X-Men know how to do this was was so cool. The, I think there's only like one data page in here, and it's about that. Yeah. Um, so the data page is about the Red Diamond Protocol and what that means. Um, it talks about how it was a training defense of mutants against Xavier, mm-hmm. if needed. Um, and now what's really cool is it is being used as a way for them to, as all mutants are being forced to leave Earth, there's a group that's that's forcing themselves to stay. Right. Um, and just the idea that that's what mutants always do, that that's what X-Men's always do, we resist. That was a really cool sentiment. Yeah, I like that a lot. Now, something that just occurred to me as I was thinking about this, 
Um, so on this page, you see that some of uh, some of like the original the original students who have been trained against this are are standing with this red protocol, the red triangle protocol, while others are being forced through the gate. Some one character even being carried through the gate. Yeah. Um, now what's notable about this is what we were talking about is that you know Xavier forces everyone to go, right and what's notable about that is we see one character who's who i don't recognize i don't know if this is a character who i should recognize but she literally is like cursing charles as she's carried through the gate right that she wants to stay and charles is taking that choice away from her mm -hmm. what occurred to me is in the beginning of this issue uh kamala khan is talking about her mutantdom and she wants to know about her um, her mutant power and how it manifests with all of her inhuman gene and you know all that stuff um, and Xavier says something about like we believe in bodily autonomy on Krakoa yeah and oh, then, you're so right and yeah. then 20 pages later he takes away everyone's choice takes away from everyone worldwide yeah worldwide he decides that he knows best yeah hypocrisy man hypocrisy this man. is not yeah. Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier. It's you know? not. It's its own thing. Yeah. Um, what's the, the Kitty Pride quote? Professor Xavier's a jerk. Yeah. He he is, and he's he's showing it right now. Um, so mutants go through. We see the resisting. There's some still good stuff of Firestar choosing what to do. Um, and then Jean dies, and it shows you what Blight's will does, and it melts you down mm -hmm. to being a skeleton. Yeah. Um. So she is gone. Uh, her essence is there. Xavier, Xavier's getting like a total martyr complex of like mutants will always be like feared and hated and yelling out and uh meanwhile gene is like actually doing the work yeah gene's calling out to firestar she's calling out to scott um cyclops after blowing up in the treehouse is just in some scary stretcher yeah. somewhere um being loaded to go uh gene reaches out to logan who's also resisting and just tells him to start paving a way of mm -hmm. carnage um to to go what's mess what's up um yeah i also now we can talk about raven and mystique mm -hmm. there's some stuff going on that we don't see with them no what do you feel about the raven um and mystique part of all of this right now well if i remember correctly in the free comic book day issue there's a panel or two on which I think Destiny is trying to get Mystique to understand, like, we can't be here. Like, we have to get out of here, like, right now yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and I, I seem to remember her trying to yank Raven through a gate. Early on. Know, yeah. Before all of the mm -hmm. stuff happens. And we kind of get a little bit of that, like, in the beginning of this issue. We get that the tail end of, of that. You're right. Yeah. They're kind of going back and forth a little bit about this. Um, so Destiny seems to know a lot of, of what's, what's going happening. to happen. Yeah. And that's notable because with the end of Sins of Sinister and some of the things that have happened recently, she's said multiple times that, like, the way forward is unclear to me. The like, future I don't trust changing. my own visions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so she definitely knows enough to want to save Mystique from it. But Mystique has been fighting her off on this and seemingly is killed as she's thrown off the, the top of this the island's tower. But... You know, we don't know. What I am thinking right now, I'm reading the Destiny going through, and she says, this was our only chance. I'm sorry, Raven, listen to us. So much death and destruction, and it all culminates with a giant X in the heavens with the fall of the Krakoans. Is there a chance that these portals are sending almost all of these mutants to space? to be displayed like their bodies as a giant x in space of like look the mutants are conquered mm. like is that where that would going? be particularly nasty and i would love it so that much. would be really brutal i am thinking like there's a it's clear that exodus is with all of the five mm -hmm. so like they can be safe if everyone needs to get resurrected if needed yeah um but yeah 
I'm I am curious. That to could see what be that, means. that could very much be a literal X. a literal X in space. Yeah, uh, kickstarting almost like this call to arms for everyone that's left. Mm-hmm. Um, Mystique gets pushed off a cliff um, by Xavier's psychic force as he's telling her to leave. But I also feel like I, I feel like this might be Xavier's one moment of fighting back in this issue. Like I feel like he's giving Mystique a plan yeah. in her head. And she's not dead. Yeah. It definitely is one of those moments of like I don't quite understand what happened on this page. Yeah. That it's it's very different and almost like purposefully different. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Charles, how dare you try to command me, you know, and he's not able to like control her as easily as he's able to control everyone yeah. else who you would think are more powerful at this than she would mm-hmm. be. And then she gets thrown off of the thing, you know, with her body laying on a rock with a bunch of blood around yeah. it. It's easy to quickly assume that she's dead. But I think if we know anything about comic books, yeah. if, if you don't see... If you don't see the shattered body of Nimrod crushing you, like yeah, you're it's, safe. Yeah. yeah, it's not over. So it definitely seems like there's more to this page than we know about right now. I think so, too. I feel like Mystique has an agenda given to her from xavier Mm -hmm. like whatever that is i don't know um the mutants that were resisting they grab onto uh the teleporter of uh lord uh and they they teleport to the old hellfire club Mm -hmm. so there is a good group that is safe i can't tell who everyone is in costume but it looks like we have um monet psylocke bishop angel um talon kitty pride either north star i think it's north star behind her that managed to get away along with kingpin all we need is rasputin we don't need need anyone else um so they're there and it looks like there might be a few others that are kind of like this secret secret gathering of mutants it looks like maybe gambits in there too um that are hiding Lords dies. So sad. So sad. Um, <laughs> then everyone's uh, yeah. Nimrod walks back. Is that what you're laughing about? Like or, just oh. how nonchalant. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, that's so sad. Nimrod walks back with the defeated Juggernaut, whose head has been like punched in. Um, yeah. Which is very gruesome and exciting to see. Because no one stops the Juggernaut or whatever, and except for Nimrod. Yeah, in the most brutal way possible. Um, Firestar has now joined Orcus, the, uh, Emma Frost and the surviving X-Men realize that they cannot use the portals, but Kate Pride now can, Mm -hmm. which is very exciting. After three real-time years, three real-time years 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 of not being able to, now that they've been rewired, Mm -hmm. she's able to use them, which is super fun. Um, all the other humans are killed at the gala. Rogue saves Xavier, but then drops him off on an island. And then Rogue goes back. Um, and the last words are avenge Krakoa for Charles Xavier as he lays down on the the heap of, of the remains of Krakoa. Yeah. So, a yeah. lot happened in this book. Um, and I feel like a lot is still about to happen. Yeah. Um, I know I said it a few times, but this truly felt like one of the best like season finales yeah. of, of one of my favorite TV shows. Um, the people are defeated. Mm-hmm. They have no home. Um, they're scattered. The X-Men have been in situations like this before um, yeah. where they have retreated either to Limbo or to Australia uh, famously in the 80s when they were on the run mm-hmm. um and it kind of feels like their backs are against the wall and we have we have team members scattered cyclops is off to who knows where um so many people are dead so many so many more might also be dead xavier can't feel them and he thinks that he just pushed everyone to their deaths yeah um storm and the Araka mutants are are nowhere to be seen because they're about to fight a war of their own Things are looking pretty dire. Yeah. Um, In like every facet. Yeah. What's next, Riley? What do you think is next? We've obviously seen some solicit covers. 
it looks like Kitty Pride is going to be an assassin through the gates, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out what's that. Rogue and the Avengers are starting an X Men Unity Squad, um, Uncanny yeah. Avengers. So like we have, we know Rogues there. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who else. Uh, we know at least Rogue and Captain America are part of that team. Also written by Duggan. Also written by Duggan. So that's going to be probably a key read for mm-hmm. this this season. I think what's notable is that so many of the books that we know are coming in the next six months are all minis. Yeah. That of the whole lineup of Fall of X books, they actually are not taking us that far into the future. Like we probably know what's coming up through only the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the beginning of 2024 is still completely unknown to us based on solicits and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we have obviously we still know that um, Immortal will continue, X Men will continue, um, Red Red will continue, uh, Uncanny Avengers will start. I also think that, uh, but that's also a mini. Uncanny Avengers is a mini. You're right. Yeah. So that'll probably fill in some of these gaps. I am glad that some of the other the other titles aren't stopping. Yeah. Like I'm glad that they're continuing because I think X Force and Wolverine will still continue. Carry the forces, momentum. Forward. Carry the momentum. Um, but things are things are looking dire in a way that they have not before. Yeah. Um, what I do love is like Judgment Day felt pretty dire. It did. There's moments of Judgment Day. It felt dire for the whole world, mm-hmm. um, but especially for our for our heroes. Um, but that still felt like it had the event reset button attached to it. I don't know what they're going to do to recover from this right now. I don't either. Um, I feel like we're gonna see some secret meetings some clandestine gatherings. We also have a few other pieces like um, Sabretooth and his group of exiles. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, maybe they were forced into a Krakoan gate. Maybe they're still out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, Cypher's in the pit. Cypher and Sinister in the pit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Betsy Braddock and Rachel Summers are, Rachel Gray are, are in Otherworld somewhere. Um, I know Realm of X is starting, so it looks like I'm guessing that Magic and whoever went through the portal with her, a small group, will be ending up somewhere over there. Yeah. Um, so it just it looks like there's a lot that can happen, and the possibilities feel really open. I am I'm very excited for what's I to come. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns right now. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns. Uh, there's a Jean Grey book coming out, mm-hmm. but now knowing there's a Jean Grey and an Iceman book coming out. Um, both of them are characters that we watch die brutally through the hands of Blight's Will. Um, both of those are minis. Mm-hmm. Both of those could honestly be weird retrospectives and those characters forging themselves back together. Um, there's not an X-Men team currently. Right. There, it looks like we're going to get a dark X-Men team of Madeline Pryor and Havoc leading their own people, which I'm curious because if all of the people that they're leading are all like unofficially not mutant mutants. Right. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot going on. I'm excited. I think this is a, a very good time <laughs> to be an X-Men fan. Remember when earlier today we thought that Ultimate Invasion was going to be like the heavy read? Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling as we as we wrap up? Well, I'm wondering how accurate this uh, this lineup of issues currently is. You know, just that this says August second as well as X Men issue twenty five with Kate Pride doing assassin things. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously that's not that's not going to be so. It's going to be next week or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. This yeah. is. Um, this is a lot. I think it, it works for me if I had to like, you know, to sum everything up, if I had to kind of give a a short review of it. Like a I thumbs think thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, I, I think it works really well. Again, we knew that this was gonna be bad. Yeah. You know, we've known for months. So I think that they were able to make it very effective. Um they were able able to break the characters. Um, in an effective way because Orcus's plan is so multifaceted mm-hmm. and it wasn't just we're attacking your little party. Um, it feels like a very complete plan, especially when taking into consideration that they they had horticulture's experiments yep. working on the gates and they had 
Modoc doing all of his stuff behind the scenes and you know yeah I think I think it works really well I know some people think that Orcus is just the you know the bland cookie cutter organization that's thwarting our heroes kind of thing but in this case it really does feel like they had everything planned out yeah it, it doesn't feels... feel cookie cutter to me no it's it's been a while since a supervillain plan um made me feel this way yeah um and made it feel like i don't know what's gonna happen um so I, yeah i think it's a very exciting place to leave off um i think and i say this in the best way possible i think we have some dark days ahead mm -hmm. for our mutants um some dark days that i really am looking forward to reading uh, I hope that Araco gets some stuff sorted out yeah. and can come and help out. Um, but even that feels covered. Yeah. Like, like that the warring nation is also not able to help right now mm -hmm. in a way that Araco has now been taken off the board twice. They were during judgment day and they were during this. So mm -hmm. it also adds that intensity of um, the five not being accessible either. I know that's been a big complaint that I see in common threads all the time of like, how can X-Men books still have stakes if resurrection's possible? Right. Finding creative ways of taking them off the yeah. board, at least for a little while, is is important to kind of quell mm -hmm. that fear. Um, so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, we'll be covering Fall of X here in different ways. I don't know if we'll read all the books. I don't feel the need to still. But no. I feel like even just with the main books that I want to read, um, we're going to get quite a few good nuggets yeah and so. see how this and the genesis war happening simultaneously really just messes everything up yeah it's gonna be awesome um well i guess i'll i'll start with our new mutant call call sign resist yeah uh so resist read comics read comics man and we'll see you soon thanks guys happy hellfire gala day bye <laughs>